The most beautiful thing in Alias is, of course, Alias itself. And today we're talking about episode four of season one, A Broken Heart, written by Vanessa Taylor and directed by Harry Weiner. This is Final Frontiers, the internet's first and only Alias podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Mitchell. All right, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Uh, Wikipedia describes the plot for A Broken Heart as follows. <laughs> Sydney and Dixon go on a dangerous case in Morocco involving the safety of the United Commerce Organization, and an agent friend of hers dies of a gunshot. In the meantime, Francie, a close friend of Sydney's who shares her apartment, confronts Charlie, her boyfriend, about a secret date with another woman. The little circle of Sydney's friends, consisting of Francie, Charlie, and Will, begins to suffer from her little white lies about her job in a bank and the many sudden trips she has to make. Will continues his investigation to find the truth about the murder of Daniel... Hext? Hext? Yeah, I heard his last name for the first time from Will Tippin, and I was yeah. like, what? And unravels more of the mystery. Coming back from Morocco, Sydney tries to know her father better by inviting him to dinner. <laughs> However, he doesn't dare turn up, which makes her miserable. Yeah. She <laughs> retreated to a Sarah McLaughlin song that's associated with quivering animals just shaking with the desire to be adopted. That sounds like uh, Jennifer Garner. It sounds like, they, they, if anything, her, that use of the song in the show inspired its use in the ASPCA commercials. Really? Yeah. A quivering, sad animal waiting to be adopted. That, oh. is, that is Alias in the show. Wow. Yeah. Written by Vanessa Taylor. Uh, I did my research. Did, I, uh, I looked at... I, I watched the episode and I looked at the Wikipedia. So oh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to keep up with you now oh, in terms of being prepared. I don't... I, I have nothing else to bring but my, uh, my preparedness. <laughs> but you're written out yeah. of Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Vanessa Taylor has most recently written a few episodes of Game of Thrones. And she was one of the creators of a show called Jack and Bobby. Uh, a TV show which uh, was not about the Kennedys, but a faux documentary <laughs> about two teenage brothers in the present. One of Women which... was the president, right? Like no, it's, one of them is in the future is the president. One right. of them is the president, and it's in, like the in, in the twenty forties. One of them grows up to be the president of the United States, right? Uh, but in the meantime, they're making a documentary about this kid who I guess is just exceptional. I don't know. Um, it's one of the more complicated premises for a TV show I think I've ever heard. It was. I remember watching it and like, okay, like you see, you see someone recalling like one of the children as a child and, yeah. in a document in a documentary format. And you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> Did they have a time? Was it a documentary crew that has a time machine? Oh, I what? don't know. I think it was like much how uh, if you remember what's that movie with uh, Interstellar? How there's yeah. just like people like oh like oh there's like uh, just old people talking about dust like on video screens like oh, at the museum right. like, oh back in those days and blah blah and you're like oh it's the future now and blah, that's blah. back when beer was made of beer yeah. now it's made of corn now corn and rice now there's no more hot dogs <laughs> Harry Winter uh, the director I'm skipping right past Vanessa yeah. Taylor going to Harry Winter he directed Space Camp. Uh, can we talk about Space Camp? The '80s movie? Yeah. Oh right, yeah. Who's in Space Camp? I want to say Elizabeth Shue, but that could be Adventures in Babysitting, or both. You're, you're pretty close. You, you got any more? Um, there's that kid who doesn't want to do the spacewalk. All right. That, that's a char- that's a, that is a plot point, or a scene. Jesus Christ. Who, I don't know. Who's in Space Camp? Kate Capshaw, Leah Thompson, Kelly Preston, Joaquin Phoenix, Tate really? Donovan, uh, Lamar from Revenge of the Nerds, <laughs> uh, Tom Skerritt. There are more stars in Space Camp than there are in space itself. <laughs> it is a... Uh, you read that right off the poster yeah. as a boy, <laughs> and now you remembered it. Well, you know, they knew that Tate Donovan was going to be a thing in about 15 years, so, yeah. uh, for about six months. Who's Tate Donovan? He was, uh, he was most... I saw him most recently in Argo. He was kind of a blandly handsome... He dated Jennifer Aniston for a period of time in the mid-90s, so he played Rachel's boyfriend for a few episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was a thing. All right. All right, let's get into the episode. Very kind of slow episode. You thought so? I thought so. Oh. I thought it was kind of like... Oh, so we, we have a cliffhanger, though. We yes. Should, we should jump that cliff or climb that cliff. You fall off the cliff. We were hanging, so let's get back onto the... Ledge. Precipice. Ledge, yeah. yeah. We open back at the stadium in Berlin. There's that briefcase. What's inside? I, my theory was a boiling pot of spaghetti. Yeah. I was wrong. Yep. It's, uh, it's a, little, a little thing of acid and a little vacuum cleaner to melt the, uh, the Rambaldi was that, text. Was that, that, was that what that was, a vacuum cleaner? Well, not like a, a, it was like a, like a Mr. Thirsty thing from the dentist. Like <laughs> <a> <laughs> Just sort of, sort of thing that, that sucks up saliva. Yeah, but put, put in reverse and full of acid. So we have... Oh, there was one that dispensed acid, and then there was another one sucking up the, oh, uh, the melted bits of the, of the document. Yeah. 
The, why didn't they bring cameras? Hey, yeah, I don't know. Or why just... are they such bad spies? <laughs> they make their way to the van. Well, on the way to the van, as they both, because they're super spies and super yeah. awesome, can memorize just lines of zeros and ones. Mm-hmm. She's uh, talking to Vaughn. Is it Vaughn? From Vaughn, the CIA? Yeah. yeah, like, I'm going to give them the wrong code. I'm going to give you the right code. He's like, God damn it, Alias, don't you do don't it. Don't you, Alias, you listen to me. Don't you do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> I'm going to get that guy that you don't like that calls you gal back. Yeah. It's an order. And she's like, well, you don't issue me orders. That's and, uh, exactly what I do. Yeah. I'm your, I'm your order <laughs> issuer. <laughs> and uh, so we, we go back to Los Angeles. We finally have a skyline shot with a library tower yeah. at last. So it's recognizably Los Angeles, which I think it's the first one. And uh, we get in. It's uh, Arvin. Arvin? Arvin Sloan. He's, talk- he's uh, their boss. Oh, okay. The Ron Rifkin guy. Ron R- yeah. I just like to refer to him as alcoholic Bob Balaban. I think yeah. we discussed that. Uh, cancer Bob Balaban. Now that yeah. you, look, <laughs> you look at him, you see like, oh, Bob Balaban. We gotta, someone need to talk to him. You know? <laughs> just for guests, some, one of his friends, just get him out of this funk. He's talking to uh, Miguel Sandoval. Yes. Beloved character actor. Uh, infamous for he's, grants like me. He's a digger. He's the... Uh, Pulling Gennaro in on that uh, board of water. Jurassic yeah, that's Park? right. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the amber mine that's operator. Um, he's the... In uh, the Little Jerry episode of Seinfeld, <laughs> he's the bodega owner that convinces Jerry and Kramer to settle their debt. Got to take that bad debt. check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's uh, we're big fans yeah clearly like, I, I love that there are all these character actors that if I think it's just a TV show from a certain time so yeah. it's going to be like actors are in it we're like oh cool this is the small payoff of our sad little lives <laughs> is we get facial our brains facial recognition centers light up with delight when we see these people uh, we learn that Dwarf Hands apparently is called Marshall yeah I don't remember learning this ever neither before. do I uh, and uh, I'm not sure uh uh, do we keep calling him Dwarf Hands? We can call him Marshall, I guess. If we could remember. Before we get ahead of time of the outrage on Twitter. Yeah. Um, they can say, well, it was early on. I'm like, sorry. They, we're now apologizing for the comments that we you know have just seen no, now. No, we're apologizing. We haven't even seen the comments yet. Oh, yeah. We oh. are. You'll be like, well, they only apologize because people were mad. And we're, we're apologizing like, no. because we're assuming you're mad. That's different. That's true. Yeah. Not out of any... Not uh, out of concern. A concern or yeah. guilt or... Uh, just basic decency. Yeah. More just that I don't feel like uh, deleting a lot of emails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Marshall is once again in... He's war fans, right? Yes. All right. He's once again worried about his job because I guess they miscalculated the uh, longitude and latitude based on that code. Right. He's just like, oh, but I didn't do this right. So now they have to go but to... But K-Directed... Directorate did the same thing. Yeah. So. yeah, so they're all good. Yeah. Everything's rosy. We have another issue of parody, which I don't think I'm using right. No, um, yeah. It's when both sides have an equal... They're, they're equivalents. Yeah, it's an equivalent. They both made the same yeah. mistake. It's I, not, I would call that parody, uh, I guess. using that it word It wouldn't wrong. be the word that I go to, but I also wouldn't say it's incorrect. Yeah, I'm just trying to connect right. it. I'm just trying to connect the dots. So where does, the she have to, dots. where does she have to go instead? Back to Spain. Malaga, Spain. I'm like, what, we just had a Spain episode, and, and we're going back. Okay. Uh, well, I, I suspect that in Southern California, there's probably a lot of uh, <laughs> air and sunny. Yeah. And like, they're like, sure, why not? Yeah. Uh, Miguel Sandoval goes, oh, Sol Doro, Golden Sun. Yes. And uh, I didn't hear that. I heard Sol Toro, <laughs> Salt Bowl. And I, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Salt Bowl? Sol? Isn't Sun Sol? I mean, I'm. Uh, Sol Doro. So, so, so we, we get to Spain. We get to Malaga. They, uh, she's in uh, a church. And the altar is the biggest, uh, most golden, garish thing I've ever seen. It looks like it belongs in Graceland. Yeah. It just like reeks of new money. <laughs> and uh, That's what the church was back in, <laughs> in the mid-century. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, we got all that plenary indulgence money. It's just printing money. And she, uh, she sees the uh, stained glass window with a big golden sun in it. She says, I'll be having that. She screws out a middle piece. And who comes right behind her? On the quietest shoes. I was, I was waiting for that to happen. Like, she's going to be right behind her. And, of course, we're looking at that stone floor and thinking, mm. you just have to be barefoot and also just very, very quiet to sneak up on somebody. Well, Gina Torres, like death, she comes in the night on yep. the cat's feet. Uh, they got a pretty good fight yeah. going on. 
uh, Alias hits her across the head with the Catholic pedestal thing. <laughs> yeah, that, and, then, <laughs> and then she burns her hand on some, some of those Catholic candles. Wait, wait. Okay, I think that I may be confusing. And I think I might have a separate fight. We had two fights. There's the one in the Moroccan Bazaar. But it looked like, yeah, is that pedestal? It looked like she got hit by something. It was like tit for tat, but I'm going to hit you with something made out of wood. Right. And now I'm going to hit you out of something that's like made out of metal. It looked like one of those old ashtrays. That used to be oh, like, right. yeah, yeah it's like, like oh. what they have at the UN. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, I don't know, but it's like it's the kind of shit you don't see outside of a Catholic church. Yeah, and she hit her over the head with it. Um, some pretty, that was some pretty rough fighting. Yeah, you watch um, that little uh, son, Sal Toro, just it rolls away, bounce around on the ground, and uh, but it's made out of a synthetic polymer, yeah. so it's fine. Um, First of its kind, apparently, it would have to be. Then what? We cut back to Los Angeles. That's what happens. Yeah. That's, that's where we find out that it it's a, a polymer created in the mid 14th century, 15th century. Right, but but even before that, we we see Cindy and Francie eating uh, Chinese food. Ah, they're talking about uh, Charlie's infidelities. Yeah, I want to find out what this guy's up to. Who's Rachel? Why would you say I had a great time on an effing matchbook? These are that's questions true. I want answered. We're just hanging out. Yeah. Well, I also noticed that, well, you see, as you said, I didn't catch this until you read the, um, the recap from Wikipedia. And I guess they lived together because she came home and there were still effing boxes every, like still. Oh, unpa- I didn't even We're get still that. in the midst of like the no, seven she, episode arc of unpacking. Hasn't she called her at home before? Or I also or? like that that recap says that her white lies are getting in the way of her personal relationships. Right. I guess, you know, when you're a double agent. That, yeah. You know how your little white lies got your fiancé murdered? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what I said? I worked at a bank, and then I actually go around the country killing people. You know, <laughs> similar. <laughs> I'm investing in information. Yeah. And uh, Francie asks Alias, hey, you ever spy on anyone? And, uh, <laughs> she does a spit take. Yeah. <laughs> what? Because she's a spy. Yeah. And then... Uh, exactly like I just described, if you're not watching the episode. <laughs> it was just... And then she calls, uh, was it the next day, I guess? She calls Will at work. Right. And Will's busy. Speaking of doing some spying, well, he, investigating. Yeah. He's, uh, he's pulling his hair out. He looks like he's about to have a stroke. Yeah. And then Alias calls him. They have like a 20-minute phone conversation. Can you imagine any of your friends calling you in the middle of the workday? Be like, yeah, I got some shit going on. Can we talk about it? No. Like, no. Yeah. Let's go to lunch. If I have time to go to lunch. If we have time to go to lunch, if not, just... Go drink at your lunch break like everyone else in this city. Or just shut up. Leave me alone. Yeah. Get over it. Just be sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's not much of a show in that, though. Yeah, but I figure... I I know some people that will make personal issues come out, like, in the office, and people talk about it. And people are compassionate, so I'm like, that's not unheard of, but I wouldn't do it. I don't. My coworkers and... I, we keep our shit professional. I'm just burning so many bridges when I leave. It's just, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we get back to uh, Dauphine Credit. What is this? The SD6 uh, front. Oh, okay. Yeah. The bank. Nobody's so. going there, though. Right. Yeah. It seems like, why, why would you put a sign on the outside? Because you got to keep up. Uh, Do they actually own a bank or like operate a, a bank? They might then, have a, uh, is the bank a shell corporation? Front? Yeah. Wow. They could. I don't know. That's not like, oh, running a bank isn't a small thing. That's a headache yeah that takes like uh, i don't know 100 people <laughs> and then you're gonna run a, a covert spy agency on top of that which is probably at least as hard well we've clearly seen that people that are running banks may not entirely know what they're doing 100 uh, percent of the time and really probably uh not that much less evil than the, <laughs> the, the heads of sd6 yeah. or, or k directorate yeah so uh, they get back in the work and uh, uh marshall Gives Alias some new tech. He gives, uh, she gives get, her a, ca- a camera, a comm, and a satellite relay disguised in the ugliest purse ever made. Yeah. Just a burlap sack covered in seashells. Yeah, it's like the... <laughs> it's like the and the camera is clearly like the big circle in the center. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's just like... You made this yeah. so obscure. You, it's like the, the Simpsons with that hat with the camera in it. You can just hear like, the lens focusing. Yeah. And uh, Dwarf Hands, he fucking kills it in that scene. Oh, he goes so on. Funny. We're just waiting. And I think we're now just waiting for him to be interrupted. Like, oh, okay, Marshall, you did that. That's fine. But no, he's just, 
And if 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 you got wind, then you like, but it's like, then they're just like they're just sitting there like, yeah. I just. think I think we like it because we can relate to it when we're oh. as as incompetent setting up microphones uh, for this podcast. As having to explain what I do in meetings in my job, I'm mm-hmm. I'm totally that guy rambling about things that no one gives a shit about. Mm-hmm. You know, my, uh, uh, well, we should fix this, and that's totally me. That's probably why I hate him so much, and I want him, <laughs> and I want him to die. He's your uh, semi-misshapen ca- Caucasian reflection. Yeah, oh, with so sad, smaller hands. Then uh, and the same striking jawline. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Angus Grimm. He uh, he has to give Alias Dad a psych evaluation. Mm. And he's at the nice fantasy. Alias Dad's just giving him a little. Elevator. He goes, goes down. Goes down the. Uh, goes down an escalator and then. Escalator at the yes. bottom, and uh, he confuses his dead wife with with his daughter. You're assuming a, that's his dead wife. It could also be his mother. That's true. I, well, that's Ooh. even worse. Maybe it's his mother holding himself as a child, and then it turns into Alias' daughter, or also known, also just Alias. Yeah. Uh, you Sandy know. Barstow. Yeah. Yep. Sandy Barstow. Yeah. Disney bus ride. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be uh, his daughter holding his wife. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's his wife. I think you're right. It's a, either way, it's a Freudian nightmare. Oh, yeah. I don't want to pick it apart. No. And what, what it reminded me of, though, is the, uh, the, the Cave of Evil scene from Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. It's like, what is that supposed to mean? Yeah, it's like, well, it's whatever you brought in with you, yeah. alias dad. Yeah, alias dad. Your weapons, you will not need them. But uh, who the hell gets to just quit in the middle of a psych evaluation? Isn't that the point? I'm done this shit. Yeah, I'm taking off. I like the. Uh, I, I wish I have electrodes put uh, onto me for some type of test, so I can have like. It's like the only equivalent left. Like you can't really like slam a phone down anymore to mm. hang up. Like yeah. you can't like. So it's just I'm done here. I guess you can like rip off headphones and push away a mic. Oh yeah, no, we'll get to a point where we're doing that on this podcast. Oh yeah, and it's like we, uh, we get to our sort of late era moonlighting period where we're just at each other's throats yeah will they or won't they yeah everybody's waiting for it you know what i don't i'm not sure if my notes are in order no why not i I think they mostly are i just i watched the episode intently yeah but you did uh, it was hard for me to keep uh my attention on it well that's not true i think i was once again i was captivated with the tipping point Mm-hmm. Or, oh, nice! Yeah, I think we. Oh, goddamn! I'm did, jealous. No, we just, we decided that's going to be. Well, I think we mentioned we had the tipping point. Uh-huh. Just the tipping, tipping ain't easy, but it sure is fun. As are <laughs> moments when we just talk about the tip, the tipping interludes, where he goes on investigating, uh, forcing his young, yeah, uh, intern his, into his, sexual favors yeah. for his gain. Not even. <laughs> She's, uh, you know, typing in three questions. She's marks. a barely legal piece of cheesecake, and and he's like, "Well, can you just lie on the telephone for me? Yeah, just be cool, just do it." And just, uh, she's like, "Fine." Just, just take before people understand this as white male privilege. Just <laughs> do what I tell you because yeah. I'm in charge. Well, yeah, I mean, he is her boss. She's beautiful too. Like yeah, I just no, noticed I mean, that this episode I was like, "Wow, she is really beautiful." Yeah, she's. Uh, yeah, that's we got two women of color. Three women of color. Oh my god! This show this is ahead is, of its uh, time. Is it? Yeah. I think. Well, I think we went. We regressed about ten years. Yeah, ago. Oh wait, th- from this show or now? No, from. Uh, I feel like people of color were much more prominent. Not women necessarily, but people of color were much more prominent in, certainly in in sitcoms, uh, dramas to a lesser extent, all through the '90s, and then at some point. Yeah, on Fox. That counts. Right. But not even on Fox these days. Well, anyway, so we have back to our wonderful uh, uh, hour of women of color on oh. ABC at the time. All right. So uh, Sydney meets Vaughn at a car wash. Right. Because uh, she just needs to... Needs to vent. Yeah. Wait, have we gotten to her Moroccan no. escapade? God damn it, no. I'm sorry. She meets him at a car wash, uh-huh. and she goes, what happened? Did you and your wife, are you fighting? Ooh. And he goes, I don't have a wife. Why do you think I have a wife? Yeah. And she's like, all right, so you got a girlfriend? He's like, yeah, yeah, we've been fighting. And he's very defensive. And right. all, I, all I can think is that um, I would love to see the original screenplay because I'm guessing that there's some evidence that she, uh, she, she picks up on that he's just been whacking it around the clock. <laughs> 
because he can't uh, he can't have uh, proper sex with a woman. So now he's just forced to be a compulsive masturbator. And Alias is picking up on it in the car wash. This is what you picked up on it. Yeah, that's like my only. I think a, that's the only conceivable reading of the scene. Anything else is, you know, beggars. <laughs> there, there was a yeah. there was a script with heavy notes regarding this character. The director just walked him through, like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you're just masturbating around the clock. Yeah, you're yelling at Alias to do things, you know. But she's picking up on it. Then we cut to uh, we cut to Morocco. Yes, Sydney's with Marcus. She's got her new alias, which is uh, uh, it's like a 1996 hippie raver. I would like to refer to it in some uh, Johnny Carson-esque slow delivery as... Oh, please. Uh, oh, I can't wait. Hippie longstocking. Oh, my God. Moroccan bazaars have mm-hmm. a lot of velvet ropes and VIP areas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not what I was expecting. Uh, those are probably just merchant areas. You got to go like smoke your cigarettes yeah. and just talk. To your other yeah, merchant I'm, friends. I'm such a bad businessman. That what? sounds terrible. Like just, what does? You got to like entertain. Mor- Moroccan. A, well, I mean, I don't want to go Enterprise? to Morocco ever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she spies on uh, Mokhtar. Mokhtar? Who is the, uh, the guy that kidnaps Tony Stark at the beginning of Iron Man. Is that really him? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, we have the... Uh, An old of, foe, apparently. Uh, yeah, some, some big kind of uh, cross-eyed Richard Keel... Uh, <laughs> Vaguely Mediterranean, Middle Eastern fella. And uh, they have a hell of a fight. Some yeah. great Jackie Chan action with uh, uh, running up a wall. You, you kick yeah, that a was, bucket. That was pretty good. Yeah. They, was, they had to run up the wall, but they also had like a very much telegraphed, like, I'm picking this up to block your... Yeah. Uh, it, you know what? Varied. At, at this point, I'm willing to fault the editing yeah. rather than... The hard it, work of the stunt crew. Right. Yeah. Or, or of uh, uh, Jennifer Gardner. I think that the problem is more with the editing than anything else. Did it? I remember I noted the, the problem, or at least the thing I observed with the last uh, episode's editing was that the action would go in. It, there would we'd have like the the hit going to the point of contact, mm-hmm. and then maybe like the zoom out to like a, a further shot of them. A wide shot. Yeah, a wide shot yeah. of the like the response to that. So I throw a mm-hmm. punch, and then there's a like wide shot of the person blocking it, getting knocked right, back. Right, right. I didn't see it that much. Well, maybe with the the wide shot of the run up the wall, which is pretty cool. Then uh, what? <laughs> we go ba- we go back to Los Angeles. No, right? oh, oh, what ha- what happened? Oh, well, Will and France here. Just no, 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 no. What? Some big there. What? Her friend, whom she was so happy, she gave him a double cheek kiss when they arrived in Morocco. Double cheek kiss? Oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah, he got he shot. Dies. Uh, so that's an important plot point. Because yeah, her, her good friend dies. Just if you, uh, you want to be a man in Alias's world, you're going to die. That's kind of nice, though. What? It's kind of putting the, I don't I mean, it's not awesome, but like in terms of uh, parody, mm-hmm. if we're, uh, we're going to... Look at the example, the precedent set by James Bond, where all the women die. Right. Why not? Uh, so far, she's only taken one lover. Right. And uh, that guy had his throat slit. And she uh, had a very, a much more human reaction. Well, it's not to say that. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if James Bond has has increased or has maintained his level of alcoholism based on the amount of women that have been murdered in his life. Maybe it's getting worse as mm. the as the golden bodies pile up. I think it would have to. Well, this is the scene where she confronts, you know, her friend's death, and she's just looking at it like just really, yeah. She's just like, just like staring at his blood, like it's the first time the consequences or the realities of her life. She's having to, like she had to deal with the arterial spray <laughs> of her fiance, although redecorating the apartment of the or that bathroom. Mm. But uh, we, yeah, in that scene, she seemed like she was devastated. And this, again, she's just hit with that, like, fuck. <laughs> People die. What's the, uh, is California law does let you break a lease if somebody's, if your partner is murdered in your home? <laughs> they could as, probably choose to evict you because his name was on the lease also. As a Californian, there's two things that I have in my head for uh, reference at all times. It's Mexican food. It's great there. Yeah. Don't have it anywhere else. Maybe oh, Texas, but fuck that. Maybe Mexico. Maybe Mexico, but it's actual Mexican food and not California Mexican food. And right. second of all, if someone you're dating or engaged to is murdered in your apartment, you mm-hmm. can get the fuck out of there. That's true. And also, if you sign a lease with two women and your landlords begin to suspect that you might be straight instead of gay, you could be out on your ass. 
Really? Yeah. This is like reverse Three's Company. No, it's 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 regular Three's Company. It's regular Three's Company? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So the Ropers, they are going to be... You don't be late with a renter. He's going to be real cranky. And oh. uh, don't let him change the light bulb. He could fall down hurt himself. They and then you got that. Mr. Roper on your couch. Then or, you have uh, Mr. Hurley. Cause, uh, oh. which, one is, uh, which one is Norman Fell? Roper. Roper. Yeah. Uh, and her, Don Metz is Hurley? Yeah. All right. For all you people out there that were just... Getting to the, if you the somehow, 139th character of your tweet to correct me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, if, we, we if got somehow it. you've seen a second of Three's Company and you can't remember who, mis- who plays <laughs> Mr. Roper. So we're back in Los Angeles. Uh, Will and Francie are just hanging out at Sydney's place. I guess it's Sydney and Francie's place. Right. Just drinking coffee and talking shit. Yeah. Well, no, no. There's that weird scene where it's, it looks like uh, Sydney... And Francie are talking about the Rachel situation, right? But then Will comes in. Out Will of just comes out of nowhere. Like, like I, she, I totally thought they were talking to themselves, and uh-huh. Will's like, oh, "I don't know." Like, whoa. Yeah. Well, I think Sydney was a little like, "Oh, hey." Yeah. Like you're here. Yeah. Just hanging out in my apartment. You know what happens to men that hang out <laughs> in my apartments? Um. So wait. So the kiss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was also. It's how I know that I was in a dark place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> After he tries to kiss Alias, my note reads, Poor Will, what a loser. Ha, 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 oh. ha, I wrote out ha six times. You be- you're like uh, Will, who wrote out the question mark three times. Three times, Just which like- I also made a note of. Just to make sure that he wasn't quite yeah. sure. Well, he we needed to condescend to his intern a little bit harder. God damn it, Will. I'm pulling for you, Will, but you're not helping by the way you're treating your intern. You but should he- take some hints from Vaughn for the... Constant masturbating is going to do. <laughs> That's a show I would watch. Vaughn, That's co- a show I would star in. The, the constant <laughs> masturbator. Yeah. You need yeah. to get uh, Vanessa Taylor on the scene to help oh, me, help me uh, break that pilot. No. She knows what she's doing. She's a great screenwriter. She wrote two episodes of Game of Thrones. <laughs> which, she created which, Jack which and Bobby. Which two episodes? Um, the one with the knives... <laughs> And the one with the oh the knife the knife episode oh then there's a knife episode and yeah. then there's they're like it's uh when there's a, like a dragon they're, they're at the wall and like look at the like knives a, like a like a, a sexualized blonde twelve year old they're in Westeros really and it's like oh the horses are back it's like well, I don't drink dawn. Dornish wine no one does but they fucking do rid yourself of my estate sir it's like when you say bringing I, Dornish wine to my doorstep it's like when you say you don't drink Smirnoff Ice and it's like yeah you do I don't drink Smirnoff Ice I don't I the don't, king of the north dare not drink Smirnoff I Ice I don't like it <laughs> it's not quite icy <laughs> much too smear <laughs> you've got to split the difference between yeah. Smirnoff and ice it's got to be a lot more ice Less Smirnoff. I stick to the hard lemonades. <laughs> v- right. Vanessa Taylor, we're doing your job for you. Here you this goals for the next. Yeah, we the are next available. Game of Thrones you get to write. Yep. Yeah, is she the one who makes those hiring decisions? <laughs> yes, okay. she's the one that's just like scribbling, as or just typing away as she listens to this podcast. Back to your uh, your hate for <laughs> your love of Will being shot down. Uh, no, that, was, that was sad. Because it's it's I don't I don't know I felt bad for him because he's really trying to help her. Well, when's the last time a woman rejected you, Mitchell? Um, you don't have to. I'm not trying. That's not like fake. Like oh, I can't remember. That's like I don't. Can't, what do you consider rejection? In any uh, sort of, I have feelings for this woman and they're not reciprocated. It, it don't matter. It's the first. It's when you're like when you're feeling like that. Yeah, you don't know. It's like first grade. You give a girl your necklace that keeps away the boogeyman, and then you later like the what? same the same fucking day. <laughs> what you, the fuck did you just say? You find you it give in a the girl tr- your necklace <laughs> that keeps away the boogeyman. Yeah. Did you like a talisman? Yes. What are you talking about? I was like in first grade, and I had a necklace that was part of a ritual which my sister, my older sister, Christ. would perform to keep. The, your life is so much different than to mine. To keep the boogeyman away, because right. that motherfucker was real. Was yeah. it like your uncle, and you learn later that it was your uncle, and it's a whole dark, like, Tommy thing? No, it was, no, it was just alcoholism. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know. uh, yeah the, the boogeyman that looms over us all. Yeah, you, you've seen Devs in the Hood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know yeah. I have. Yeah. So I'm saying back to, do you want this personal story that might humanize me to my, our listeners, or do you want to get back to... Jesus, uh, Fine. You're, you're, you're just, you, had, you had some spooky voodoo talisman. You're just so happy to watch 
Bradley Cooper sulk. You know, it brings joy to your all right, sad little you, heart. You're talking about rejection, yeah. and you're going back to the first grade. Well, I'm talking about the when it matters. Because you, you the break fight, hearts, I said, Mitchell, and I get my heart broken. The first time is always the you worst time. You live on time. an island in a mansion facing sailboats. <laughs> I live in Brooklyn, and I just get my heart shattered every week. But you got a, you got a puppy. Well, anyway... So uh, Will Tippin has been has been rejected. You're not going to finish your story. Nah, the fuck t- it. You don't get to hear it. Well, the, you don't get to hear it. I have a feeling that Will Tippin is going to be rejected later, and uh, we're going to be able to come back to it. Okay. Uh, so Francie and Chris they have an awkward dinner mm. where Francie confronts Chris. Well, we didn't we didn't get to the part where uh, Mrs. I've never spied before knows everything about following a car. Oh God, you're yeah. shit. You're right. Look at your. Paper. You know, I didn't even make note of it because yeah. I'm like, I'm totally going to remember that. And here I am. So they spy on Chris. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's with a woman. He's supposed to be going to law school. Supposed to be law review is law, law review. We, we, Which we have, happens at nine o'clock at night. We have friends that are lawyers. More than most one. of our friends are lawyers. Yeah. It's okay. So let's let's break this down. Uh huh. He goes to the. Does he greet her as he's putting his bag into the trunk? That's not important, and that's not a euphemism. They're in front of a car. He's not putting his scrotum into her, into her anus. <laughs> no. He is definitely not putting her scrotum in Francie's into his mi- anus. In Francie's mind, he sure as hell is. Yeah. But, he, you know, he goes to, like, put his bag into the storage compo- the compartment of her car. Yeah. And he gives her, I want to say my mind says it was a cheek kiss. Yeah. Which is a perfectly acceptable. It was very innocent. Yeah. There was, that's why I think it's going to be a twist. Mm. They'll be like, well, she's my sister's nurse. Nah. It'll be something, I'm not saying it'll be that. I'm no yeah. Vanessa Taylor. Nope. I can't just pull this shit out of my hat. Yep. But it's going to be something where it's way more innocent. I don't think we're done with Chris yet. Okay. He's going to, or maybe he's a spy. I don't know. Yeah. Like anything's possible in this fucking show. Yeah. Maybe. Um, oh, ooh, I don't know. Maybe getting, getting close to Francie to get close to. That's what I'm saying. The 7K, K7. K seven K directorate uh, the the Doom directorate the, uh, the mysterious twelve the, the muscles fifteen the muscles fifteen yeah <laughs> all those all everyone yeah I don't think she's a spy I don't I, think she's a spy well his but, defense if in your hypothesis he didn't yeah. come out with like hey when that dinner you're discussing when they she confronts him uh, is it uh, he could be lying is it Sydney that's like hey you should talk to him before you make any assumptions yeah he's calling the lot and she's like Francie's like no fuck him I'm gonna let him yeah. hang let him hang let him he's gonna stick him with this furnace yeah let him burn let him burn yeah uh, so they have this dinner and he's just like he's upset because he's been spied upon yeah and uh, he doesn't say like he's been surveyed he's been surveyed uh, easy thing to say is like yeah we carpool to law review, mom. Did he say that? No, but he was just very defensive. I'm saying he could have easily made up some type. You could have gone with your, you know, we grew up together. Yeah. She took care of my sister. Yeah. Now my sister's dead. Now I see her as my sister. He could have given her like a very heartfelt, well, genuine story. How long have they been dating? But he came, I don't know. But he came like, up with like the, ah, I thought you tried. Like he was yeah. like very angry. I trust you. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, I, I'm sorry that I said that in an offensive voice. I, th- I don't think you tried. The fact that the previous episodes were all written by men perhaps means that it was more concerned with process and procedure and blah 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 and now the first episode after the tables are set right that it's written by a woman it deals much more with relationships and i don't think that that's necessarily the case but it might also not be a coincidence that could have been very intentional on the part of abrams uh jj yeah. that uh <laughs> to be clear okay um that he was like well we need to sort of flesh out these personal lives because it's an episode that's about how Sydney's life is being rendered yeah. asunder. Well, uh, well you, I think it's it's coincidental that it's a woman that wrote this episode because there's been a lot of setup. There's been a matchbook that uh, has a woman's name on it. We have uh, a kiss that was brought to us by that a kiss that was brought to us by alcohol. Does which, anybody like alcohol? I might be flying to. Malaga, Spain. <laughs> Can we just have Paul Stanley doing 
<laughs> alias recaps. Wikipedia tells me Tacoma don't like alias, but I think Wikipedia is wrong. What do you say, Tacoma? <laughs> Have you ever watched a show by J.J. Abrams that doesn't give it a 100%? You say... Give me a refund. I'm going to watch Alias, because that gives 110%. Sarah McLaughlin plays very loudly. Motherfucking segue to end all segues. During the scene where Alias is waiting for Alias at the no, restaurant. Okay, so I, I missed their... The setup of this, hey, let's have dinner. Well, she she um she met him at the hallway at SPC. Right, after he She said, let's get dinner. After he's and had he his said, mind fucked with. No, it was before. Oh, okay. Because he's like, I have to go have a psych evaluation. Right. And she's like, why? What's going on? It's, like, it's routine. It's procedural. Yeah. It's, it's, you're, you work at a, 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 You work at SD6. You need to be at the top of your game mentally, yeah. psychologically. Yeah. The S stands for psychology. The D <laughs> stands for deconstruction. So I'm going in for the psych evaluation, SD6. And she says, all right, fair enough. Best of luck, Papa. So they're at the dinner, and she's waiting, and she's waiting. And if it was a show that took place 10 years later, she'd be refreshing the fuck out of her iPhone. Oh, yeah. And uh, does, a, does a waiter come with a phone and a thing, like in like a 60s movie? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like a Chateau Marmont? Just, uh, what's that movie? Play it again, Sam. Yeah. The doctor's just giving his phone number to every restaurant he goes to, just compulsively to strangers. And uh, she get, But she gets a phone call. It's like, oh, Sydney, I'm all caught up with work. I'm sorry. No. And uh, he's right outside. <laughs> he's just in the car. He's, he's at the valet stand. You can, you can, you can. He, he, it's Los Angeles. He drove like two hours to get yeah, there. Yeah, Sydney could hear like someone asking for more, yeah. for more water. It's like, it was like she heard a car honking. <laughs> Where are you? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm at the office. Shut up. Trying to get... Uh, I'm glad I killed your mother. Uh, you know, I got, I'm still using Windows 97. <laughs> Uh, it's just taken for this damn paperclip. Uh, for the listener, you're running to Google right now. It's an operating system that doesn't exist. Oh, no. It, it does. Well, for SD6, it did. Yeah. They always use slightly off operating systems. Well, because it's harder to... Uh, OS3 you know, warp. Marshall will tell you. It's, Marshall will tell you for about a good solid two and a half hours of your life. You're Who's never going to get back. Uh, it's Dwarf Hands. Oh, right. So then afterwards, Sydney, she's really upset. She meets up with Vaughn and has a good cry at a Ferris wheel. Yeah. This scene is great. I really like this scene. She chucks her pager in the ocean. Right. Awesome. But it's just like, uh, you know. But the dialogue your, in the scene. You threw your pager in the Pacific Ocean. You threw your pager in the, in the Pacific Ocean. Because to that's uh, interesting. everyone in, the, in the, uh, the Midwest or the East Coast, that's the ocean that uh, California borders. Which <laughs> I learned in this episode. That's I had a, no idea. Ask Californian. Mexican food, the best in uh, California. Yeah. Fuck Texas, fuck Mexico. If uh, <laughs> so your fiancé is killed in your apartment, you can break the least. Yeah. And that ocean right over there, you buy that Ferris wheel in Santa Monica, that is the Pacific I Ocean. Am, I've learned more in four episodes. Is this four or five? This is, I believe, this is four. This is the, the fourth, fourth episode yeah. of uh, Alias the Show. And I've learned more about Los Angeles in these four episodes, most of which take place in Spain. I've learned more about <laughs> yes, right. I've learned more about Los Angeles we've than been, I we've did. We've had back to back Spain interludes. Then an entire season. Well, we've had back of to True Detective season two. We had oh. So I've learned so much about Los Angeles. You did, and uh, but the dialogue in this scene, it's competing with this uh, fucking wretched Sarah McLaughlin song, and with it's the like surf the entire the, song. It's the Pacific. How do you Pacific. Pro- how do you pronounce it? The pacifistic. It's the pacif. The pastifisticuffs. Dude, I'm serious. How do you pronounce it? Pacific. It's, Pacific. It's uh, Pacific. Sarah McLingling and the Pacific Ocean. Ooh. And there's all of this uh, noise going on. Sarah McLingling uh, presents Pacifico. The ocean in the arms of your pager. Yeah. You got uh, Sarah McCuckoo and Pacifico Ocean. And you can't hear what Sandy Barstow is saying over all of this. She's kind of sobbing, and, and, uh, and Vaughn is there. And it's a great scene, but like from a technical standpoint, a nightmare. And like I mentioned before, if you've ever been inside a doctor's office, or if you've been waiting for your... I've never been inside of a doctor's office. If you've been office. waiting for your oil to be changed... I'm reganing health-wise. The, the TV is playing a commercial from the ASPCA, Yeah, and you're seeing this one-eyed terrier just kind of shiver... And slowly, pan, like, turn to the camera. You've heard that Sarah McLaughlin massage. So this whole, I guess that worked more to the favor, the the pathos of the episode, because you really feel for uh, Alias. 
Yeah, she's like one of those dogs that's waiting to be adopted. Somebody give Alias a new eye. Yeah. She oh. What's she doing in that cage? So she's lost the men in her life, and the one man in her life where she's trying to reestablish a connection or create a relationship with, she's been blown off. And it's yeah. just it's just one loss after the other, and she has and, to go to. And bond. I think that that loss is uh, is then paid forward in her rejection of Will. I mean, maybe she just doesn't like Will because he's an ugly pussy. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's the frosted tips. It's the frosted tips. It was tips. a mistake It's his then. way too small Benjamin Franklin eyeglasses. <laughs> Are they colored in my mind? They're like purple or some <laughs> right. shit. Like. Yeah. So uh, here's what my notes say. All right. Why well, do TV people have only three friends? Say what you will about the room, but people make fun of that Steven character that shows up at the surprise party out of nowhere. But that's most friends. Life is a series of who the fuck is that guy? Oh, yeah, it's him. Yeah. Like, I think that like, I usually I would find a way to couch that in a more naturalistic, fun, normal way. Yeah. But let's just call a spade a spade. And there's that, like, kind of like, this fucking guy's here? Oh, he's okay. Like, there's this idea of, like, I have three friends, and those are the only people I know, and I have to call my new boss at the CIA. No, like, all right, Sandy, you only know three people in your entire life. One is your friend who tried to kiss you the other is your friend who's all fucked up because of her boyfriend is a cheating fool yeah and you have no one else to talk to except for your liar father and uh your boss at the at the central intelligence agency the, wait are you talking about uh alias, alias? yeah yeah i thought about francie i was like wait a minute no that's what i am like she's distracted she's dealing with her with her uh her boyfriend who's fucking around somewhere Right. And I'm like, you have no one else to talk to. Okay. You are the most amazing looking woman I've ever seen. Your whole life, it's guys pretending to fall off of skateboards in front of you so yeah. they can be like, oh, hey, I'm it's sorry. Guy, it's guys, uh, you know, taking off their shirt to change out of a, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to, I'm done with this uh, running. So yeah. I'm going to I lived with a woman shirts. for three years. And the only time I ever took my shirt off in front of her was when my shirt was on fire, which just happened because I, I leaned over and it was a baggy shirt and there was a stove was on. That's <laughs> the only time she ever saw me shirtless. And, like, and, and Will Tip and he's just popping that shirt off like it's no problem. Mm-hmm. That's her whole life. Well, it's okay. So you're, I, to your point, yes, you're right. She yeah. is only confi- she's only confiding with three people. But we all have like a, a but shit she's not ton. Even confiding to three people. We have like a shit ton of friends and confidants and yeah. colleagues and acquaintances that we all love and. Uh-huh. Our well wishers of, but we still kind of like talk to like maybe three or four people at a time. So you have like your coworkers, you'll shoot the shit. Like, how was your night? How was your night? Oh, yeah, I hope you feel better. I hope you do this. But then you have the people that you run to with like your deep cuts of like, ah. With, not deep cuts in the, the musical or artistic sense in, where you mean something kind of obscure the, no, or no, for I mean fans deep cuts only. in the like emotional a, sense. A, a deep cut in the visceral sense of this is something that cuts me very deep. Perhaps you share... In a more literal sense. Perhaps you share the deep cuts See, I cut deep. Maybe it's just because I'm, I'm a very candid person. Uh-huh. And that's, that I, your, that's your downfall. I know it is, among other things. Uh, but I am a candid person. I don't care what people think of me. I don't care what I say. Uh, people are like, how are you doing today? And uh, the, famously, the most rude thing you can say is the truth. Really? Yeah. Somebody asks you, Mitchell, how are you doing today? Yeah, you say, you... I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Good day. That's the only acceptable answer. The truth is like, well, you know, my mom might lose her job. My dad is sick. Like all of these things that are just going through my head all the time. It's rude to bring those up in an elevator, especially when you only work on the fifth floor. Right. Like just... Don't burden someone with that shit. Right. Just get past it. And uh, I, I feel like I have everyone that I can talk to about that kind of thing. Right. Because I don't care. And Alias, her whole life, it's kids falling off of skateboards in front of her. It's ice cream men driving in the fire hydrants. It's uh, professors pretending to lose their notes. It's uh, <laughs> professors people- just saying, well... It's you do people, have email, don't yeah. you? It's people accidentally adding her as a friend on LinkedIn or Facebook. Yeah. And that's her whole life. I, you've known even marginally attractive women. That's their whole life. So imagine that uh, Jennifer Garnier is in, is in <laughs> your life. And that's her. Like Her whole thing is like, I want to hear all your secrets. I wanna, it's not sincere, but I don't think she's that guarded. No. Because she's like, well, this Will Tippin is in there. We still don't know what their history is. Right. 
which I find very compelling. There was like they've known each other for three years. Yeah. We got that right, that much right. Yeah. So you could, is that it? Three years? I think so. I think we heard that. We've known each other for longer than Alias and and Will Tippin has. Oh my god. Yeah. That is weird. But she's attractive. I mean, you wouldn't. That's have, true. You would need to know her for like five. If minutes. you multiplied you times me, we wouldn't be uh, <laughs> nearly as good looking as she is. The algorithm for how attractive you are versus how much you want to get to know someone, and like it's like, oh, I've, you're like, beautiful and captivating. I've known you for a week, and I want to marry you. Yeah. Where we are, we are slow burns to anyone who knows us. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, that is beautifully stated. Um, and uh, still, like it's 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 not a a problem specific to Alias. It's with TV shows in general, right? Where it's like, well, these are all the people I know, and it's like, really, you couldn't uh, go a little deeper in your Rolodex. You couldn't find anybody else to well, go out for a drink with. Oh. You have to ask your boss out. So there has to be some type of because you know your boss is like masturbating at home, so you're <laughs> going to ask him out to, to a Ferris wheel. To a Ferris wheel. You want to watch me throw my beeper she, into the, she call the, Sloan? the Pachiki Ocean? Everyone on the show is trying to please their father. Alias is trying to please her father, alias dad. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she's not trying to please him. She's trying to get to know him. I think and, she's and trying to please him. Marshall just wants to, wants uh, Sloane to think like, hey, I'm a good Q. I'm a good Q. I, I have normal-sized hands. All my uh, gadgets work. Yeah. Oh, wait. There was one thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Which you're going to have to do something. Oh, we have like a whole other page of notes <laughs> on the episode. So back at SD6, uh, the team is meeting and they drop all of this insane shit on us. Uh, Malik Swari, the Blue 250... Diran Patel, who is India's delegate to the UN. Oh, shit! Uh, Jacques Nude is using Patel to send a message As to a, the UCO. A human bomb. Because he's trying to abolish it. <laughs> and uh, it's like, well, we know that Jacques Nude wants to put an explosive on Patel. Their mission now is that the team has to find Patel, recover the weapon, safeguard the UCO. Right. Which is, I'm not sure if the UCO... The like U- the UN, some type of... No, it's the United Commerce Organization. Oh, okay. So, like, I'm not sure that that exists. I have on my notes. Okay. This is in all caps. What does that say? Where my index finger is. I know. I Okay. Impossible for me to follow. That's what it says. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, I'm, I'm watching this so fucking hard, yeah. and I have no idea what they're saying. And, uh, but I'm all along for the ride. That might be why I could Because we have a podcast well, to record. Well, that's why, like I said, this was, episode was kind of boring for me. Because it yeah. maybe it was just like, uh, there's too many acronyms going around. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, they put a bomb in him. You want to be careful with that. You like, know what? I will intently watch anything where a guy has a bomb <laughs> put in his person. Imposter, the Gary Sinise movie where he has a bomb in his ribcage. Ooh, I haven't seen this. Oh, shit. We need, we need to have a bomb in a ribcage night. <laughs> We're going to start with... Uh, what's the first one? Because I, I, I wrote a few down. There's one... Uh, there's a, a two, 2002 TV movie starring Judge Reinhold and Penelope Ann Miller <laughs> called Dead in a Heartbeat, oh. where uh, she plays a heart surgeon who installs pacemakers, and it turns out that Timothy Busfield from 30-something... <laughs> He's putting bombs on the pacemakers. So uh, Judge Reinhold plays a bomb squad guy, which is okay. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Penelope Ann Miller plays a heart surgeon. Like I'm like, all right, that sounds like the finest night of my life. And then we chase that with uh, Imposter. Right. Where Gary Sinise plays a guy with a bomb in his ribcage. Okay. Um uh, to play along, I mean, I, I don't know if I could uh, contribute to this game other than... It's not a game. Other than... A, <laughs> what about this is a game to you? What about a bomb in your ribcage is a game? There's no game here. You must solve these riddles. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how that goes, though. It's like, oh, there's a bomb in your ribcage. This sucks. Uh, this is no game. It, it's, it's no game, yeah. but here's a list of clues you have to get to by midnight or you're dead. So we get to... Where does this episode end? It ends with... Okay, so... They go... Is it back in Spain? It's Sao Paulo. They're, yeah. they're in Brazil. Okay, so it looks like they're at a like gala mm-hmm. or some type of like fancy... It's like that last episode with a race car. Yeah. There's no race car. There's no race car. It's... They thought it we would forget, but yeah. they didn't know about streaming. <laughs> Once again, Marcus is in a tuxedo. And yeah, she's a little bit... Mantis? Too... Mantis. 
is out of his wheelchair and into the streets. He's a mantis in the sheets and a Marcus in the streets. Yeah. So Alias, she's in a, what? She's in an, an HVAC duct. It's, she's looking down on this heart surgery. So back to... Oh, us. I love her in this because she's not dressed like... She's... A like, weird masturbatory fantasy. No, yes, she She just is. looks like a pretty lady who's tan. She's dressed up in, once again, yet another... Spice Girls masturbatory fantasy. We've reached Mar- our first... Marcus, Marcus is in a nice tuxedo, and it seems like everyone else is dressed like an adult, and she's dressed like a 16-year-old trying to go to a party for the first time. So she's up in the HVAC air shaft, mm-hmm. and she's looking down. She finds the little cube where they're performing heart surgery. Yep. She pulls out a We don't a know, telescope. because Marshall didn't give us a long-winded, but... Uh, I think she bought this in the streets of Brazil <laughs> because if Marshall, uh, which is what we're calling dwarf hands now, yeah. I think that if he presented it, he would have... could play the whole look at the Wikipedia and see what the characters' names are game. <laughs> so she's in an elevator shaft mm-hmm. and she's holding a thing up to her eye that is about the size of her eye. Right. And I'm thinking that is... She extended it. It's a periscope. It was a pen, but... It should have an eyepiece. It, so it doesn't look like something where if you trip, it goes right into your skull. <laughs> it seems like a basic sort of principle it, of design, if not an OSHA violation. Where like, <laughs> yeah. Here's a thing where like, oh yeah, if I slip, it's not going to puncture my eyeball. You it's going to hit my skull. Do you, do you think uh, Alias Dad, after his psych evaluation, was like, oh yeah, we have an OSHA walkthrough? coming in i gotta prepare for that I no make- i don't think he was worried about an osha walkthrough i think that they walked through <laughs> um no i'm saying well, it looks like it was a, it's a gadget it's a spy gadget it's it, not it it's is like- it's it's a pen that became something that you it's all right so let's wrap this up right, yes. so she's got the pin telescope thing mm-hmm. she's saying patel they're putting a bomb in his rib cage I know what a bomb looks like. I know what open heart surgery looks like. And I'm seeing both. Right. I'm watching you put a bomb in an open heart. Hey, wait. Is it an open heart? What the fuck do I know? Well, because it looked like... Okay, so I was looking at I'm, that. Mitchell, I'm barely qualified to podcast. Oh, you just called me by my full name. So Alias is watching the heart being installed in this guy. Yes. Could she be doing any more mouth acting? Mouth acting? Yeah. Like, just like saying... Like, it's No. It's just like... It's all like... Matthew has just gesticulated with his mouth. I gesticulated wildly, yeah. like Jennifer Garner. You, you remember when a RoboCop is having nightmares when he's sitting in that chair? That's exactly what it looked like. Who played RoboCop? Was it Colin Farrell? No, he, he played uh, Total Recall. So the episode ends with Alias. She's looking down on the open heart surgery. She says they're definitely putting a bomb in Patel's chest. This is a nightmare. Yeah. And then... Cut to black. That's What's going to happen? Is she going to get the bomb out in time? We don't know. All right, so we have uh, all these exciting thoughts about how episode five is going to start. She's yeah. looking down at Dr. Patel. He's having his open heart surgery. I hope that goes well. There's a bomb being placed on him. We, we get to hear the, uh, the person saying, like, be careful with that. It could kill us all. And we're Did pretty- somebody say that? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> There's so much happening in this episode of Alias, and it's so exciting. And uh, please join us next time. I hope you have fun theories and what have you. Uh, Please tweet us at Final Frontiers, or if it's something a little longer, a little weirder, if you have a weird beef with us, take it to Gmail, finalfrontierspod at gmail.com. One of us will read it, and we'll have fun. Um... So that's it uh, for this episode of Final Frontiers. My name is Matthew. I'm Mitchell. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. <laughs>